Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. This is a podcast that invites you to remember who you are, return to yourself, and rise into your highest and best soul self. Every week, I will be sharing inspiring conversations about topics that hold keys to your awakening. My mission as an international evidential psychic medium, Reiki practitioner, and intuitive mentor is to help you rise into who you were born to be. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. I'm Amy Brooks and so grateful for for this day um, to be here, um, to be talking with you and being in your company. Thank you so much for taking the time out to download and to listen. Um, I, I just, I so appreciate you. How is everybody doing so far? We're 11 days into the year. When I record this 11. So we're one 11, January 11th, lots of ones in there. We are also today is a new moon in Capricorn. And I certainly have been feeling that I am a Capricorn sun myself. So just had my birthday two days ago, turned the big 44. And I'm definitely feeling an energetic shift. And I don't know if it comes just in general with this week, or if it comes with this new moon, or if it comes with this new year of life for me, this new trip around the sun, or if it's a combination of all three, but I'm feeling this really big shift. Um, And it feels great. It feels really, 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 really good. I want to begin quickly. I'm having a little bit of a computer issue here. So hopefully we don't have any problems here. I want to look into numerology for one for just a brief moment because we are 111 today and also the energy of one being January. This episode will come out in a few days so it'll still be in January. My life path number is number one as well and because I just experienced my birthday I feel like all of that together feels aligned. So Let's see the energy of number one and what this new moon in Capricorn um, happening on 111 is kind of ushering in, what January is ushering in, what this life path number of number one is ushering in. I will tell you that was the number. So if I add up my birth, my digits of my birth, so the month, the date and the year, the four digit year, it breaks down to number one. So that's how you figure out your personal year, um, like your numerology for your year of birth, which stays the same forever, right? But you can also look into your personal year number based on the year that it is. So there's a nine cycle a nine year cycle. So you're going to break down the numbers to get either a one, two, a nine, any of those single numbers there. And um, I am in a personal year nine. So that's big, apparently. That means that I am really wrapping up and finishing what I started over these last nine years. Okay. Which is something that I'm definitely contemplating and thinking about. I've been told that there can be big, big shifts. I read um, I read somewhere that new jobs, new places that like a big move, all of that stuff is very possible. Um, changes in your where you live, changes in where you work, all those kind of things can be possible in a year nine. And then if you're not following the breadcrumbs, so to speak, or the red flag, so to speak, about things that you need to release, things you need to embrace, well then, 
the energy of the year nine might do that for you. So, you know, we know it always feels better to act on those impulses and make those choices and decisions for ourselves, even if they're tough, than to have them, you know, made for us by the universe. It always feels better to have a say in the matter. So, yeah. So somebody recently said, oh, it makes sense why you didn't move last year then because it's, this is year nine. So of course she would be planning a big, a big move in year nine. Just get goosebumps. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. So let's like stay with this for a moment and talk about number one in numerology. So it is the number one, the very first of all numbers, puts power directly in our hands as a symbol of independence, confidence, and new beginnings. Okay. Um, there's a lot of motivation and momentum surrounding this single digit number. It's a true pioneer ready to break ground on new endeavors and pave the way for others to follow. It's a natural leader and proactive force. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a number of creation and birth fertility. It's the root of opportunity. So that's what this month of January offers us. Maybe that's why it was chosen to be, you know, the, the new year in the Gregorian calendar. Speaking of the Gregorian calendar, something else I want to talk about. So we know the Gregorian calendar was created, um, put into motion. I feel like in the 1400s, it may have been the 1500s, but you know, a long time ago. Um, but I feel like a Pope. I feel like that's right. I didn't do the research. That's just, you know, my own awareness uh, coming in. And a lot of people are like, you know, that's time is made up because this Gregorian calendar is literally made up. It's somebody setting dates and times. Um, and that's what we go by. But, you know, before that, there was another way to keep time, right? So, I find that interesting. And that concept has been coming up a lot for me lately. The concept that I'm speaking about, I just looked down 555, loving that. I've seen a lot of 555s lately. The, the concept of cyclical living has been coming up a lot for me. And I actually saw somebody, um, I saw a reel, I think it was on Instagram. And it was somebody kind of saying, I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say that January is a slow month and, you know, we should be like nature and we should go in and hibernate like the bears do. Um, January is a motivating month. I'm, I feel go-getter, blah, 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 blah. And I appreciate this person's sentiment, but I feel like they're misunderstanding at least my interpretation of cyclical living. So spirit has been talk, dropping little you know, downloads into my awareness for over a month now about embracing more cyclical living. And I'm noticing it show up a lot in the collective consciousness. So I'm noticing other creators, other mystics talking about cyclical living. It's showing up in people's awareness. Cyclical living to me is not, does not have to equate or be the same as seasonal living. And I think this person that created this reel was really speaking to seasonal living versus cyclical living. They can be different, right? Seasonal living. Okay. So if we are like nature, you know, plants don't grow above the ground in the winter. They go dormant. Animals, a lot of animals will hibernate. There's a feeling of slow down 
retreat, rest, healing. Okay. Certainly that's one thing, but cyclical living or embracing a more cyclical lifestyle, in my humble opinion, is more about listening to your own cycles. So you may feel go-getter energy right now. You might truly be tapped into this new year, new me energy, and you might feel like you're on fire. Or you may not. You may be someone like me who feels more alive around the autumn equinox. I've always been that way. I feel more myself. I feel more in flow. I feel more motivated, more inspired, happier, all the things around that time. You might not. Embracing more of a cyclical life is about embracing your own cycles and knowing that they may be very different from someone else. But our society and the way it has been structured does not allow for that. You know, imagine if we did have a society that allowed for that for everyone in the collective. People like myself who are entrepreneurs, I feel, are in a way kind of showing the way that it could be, especially in this new wave of entrepreneurs, right? I've only been an entrepreneur now for five years, almost five years. Um, And it's been a learning process, certainly, uh, and will continue to be a learning process as I, you know, peel back the layers of 40 plus years of conditioning around how we work, when we work, etc. But for me, this is a real, real relevant, relevant topic of conversation. So I'm glad that Spirit's taking me here. This takes me back to a conversation that I had yesterday with Karen. Shout out to Karen. I know she's a loyal listener. She's a subscriber to the bonus content and she is a client and a pal. Um, we were talking yesterday about the gene keys. So she is um, just really diving into the study of the Gene Keys, and she is loving it. Um, Definitely a gal after my own heart and going down the rabbit hole. And so we were chatting about this, sharing each other's profiles, etc. And, uh, you know, this kind of got the wheels turning in my mind after the conversation we had around the way I feel, the things I feel are changing within me this year, the shift that I'm feeling in this brand new 44th trip around the sun. And I literally went into my Instagram stories, Instagram rather, uh, my Instagram stories last night. And I talked about this as I was cutting up vegetables and making supper. And I was talking about how I'm feeling spirit and my own higher self shift my direction when it comes to time and making time, creating time, right? When we're intentional, when we're intentional with our time, like if we take a moment of silence, 
Have you ever noticed that that 60 seconds can feel like much longer than 60 seconds? Because you're literally taking an intentional moment of pause. So that tells me at some level, we have a little ability, a little wiggle room when it comes to time. Maybe we can create time. What do we think about that? We can create pockets of time, pockets of mindfulness. All the numbers today, 12, 12. Um, and so, you know, that's where my focus has been. And what's been coming up in my awareness a lot is why am I holding myself back? Why am I keeping myself small? Why have I not taken initiative to start some of the things that I've been wanting to do for years? What am I waiting for? And if you're in the same place, I'll ask you, what are you waiting for? And for me, after some reflection, I realize that I need to create time for those things, that I feel like I don't always have time. If you know me, you know that one of my biggest triggers in life is feeling like I don't have time or time is running out um, or if there's like a deadline looming, stress city. Okay. So time. Okay. So let's think about time. I need to create more time to make space for the things that I really want to do, the things that light my soul on fire. I did a, a card pull the other day. I don't know if you're like me, but every year I get a brand new notebook. And so if you're watching on YouTube, this is my new notebook. And I just kind of put random things in it. You know, I've got a page in here about my word of the year, which we'll talk about in a moment. I've got a list of the books that I read this month, so far two. Um, I, I just kind of want to keep that documented in here. And then uh, I did what I called chapter 44. So this is something new that I just did this year. And I did it on my birthday. And I intuitively went to my bookshelf that has all my Oracle cards on it. And I picked three decks out and I intuitively chose two cards from each of those three decks for a total of six cards. And then I journaled about it. And then yesterday I contemplated it a bit and shared it as a post on my Instagram. And rather than, you know, write it all out, um, handwritten in my journal. I just printed it out and pasted it into my journal. And so I'm going to read it to you if that's okay with you. So, cause it really breaks down the messages of the cards and the focus of the year and connects back to this feeling of time and shifting and making room for what I want to do. So it says chapter 41, I revisited the book magic days to sit with the message of the day. Contemplation, stillness, presence, all intentions of mine in this chapter 44. I cannot escape the messaging of cycles. It's in my birth chart, my human design, my gene keys, my numerology. It comes up in my meditations and my contemplations. The medicine for these cycles I've discovered is being present out of my mind and into my body. Presence leads to flow and flow leads to trust. Trust leads back to presence the ability to be present and then back to more flow. 
Learning to adjust my sales is a major component of my soul's evolution. Autonomy also shows up everywhere for me. My life path is one. To lead, to teach, to know oneself by knowing oneself. Actively knowing. Embracing the shadows and the light. This reminds me of a quote my grandfather wrote in a card he gave me on the day I graduated from high school. He wrote, all sun and no rain makes a desert. It took me years to fully understand the medicine in the statement, and it takes me right back to cycles. I decided to start a new birthday tradition and pull some cards asking spirit what I need to know, learn, and embrace in this chapter 44. Some obvious themes, total transparency and authenticity, clear communication from the heart. This aligns with my intentions of blogging more and writing a solo book. Focus, a laser light focus on goals, perseverance and courage, following what lights my soul up and trusting that it may change and evolve as I go. Cycles again. Enthusiasm, shadow work, releasing conditioning around smallness and not enoughness, facing my triggers more honestly, facing my distractions and fears more honestly, finding balance, shedding my skin, restriction and expansion, once again cycles, freedom in my mindset, allowing myself to rest. In brackets, I've discovered I can let myself physically rest, but never truly experience mental rest. More time in nature for stillness meditation back into the body and out of the head. It feels like this year, a personal year nine, which is all about releasing completion and what's been learned over the last nine years before a new cycle begins, is wanting to be learned through active periods of time out, rest, healing, and stillness, allowing my mind to rest and releasing conditioning around worries and taking the bull by the horns and getting laser focused on my goals and intentions, making shit happen. No holds bar, but in order to reach that level of productivity that I desire, I've got to give my mind a deserved rest. So those were my contemplations based on the cards that I pulled with the guidance that came through for this 44th year of life. And so based on that, based on the contemplations that I've been having, what I was talking about in my Instagram stories last night was that I'm thinking about creating more time to get those things done that I've been saying that I want to do for years. So, and this, this takes risk. This involves risk. I feel because number one, I have to move through any fear resistance of working less with one-on-one clients. So what my intuition is telling me is rather than being open for clients, um, you know, Monday to Friday, 12 months of the year, that I should put my calendar out more, you know, one month at a time. So I might have January open, then I might not work in February. I might only work a week. Um, Then I might be fully open in March, maybe fully open in April and then May, something is feeling it, need to go inward a bit, work less. You know, obviously this is a way to actively embrace cyclical living because I will be checking in and asking myself, what is it this month? right? Um, It's a perceived risk because 
obviously, if my books are closed, there's no active income coming in. But at the same time, my higher self is asking me to move through the resistance of that, knowing that the payoff for following the breadcrumbs and doing what lights my soul on fire, which is writing more, right? Blogging more. I want to, I want to finish the solo book. I will finish the solo book. I'm also been saying for years that I'm going to create a mediumship course. You know, you guys have been asking me, can you teach mediumship to us? Can you create a course? And I haven't made the time to do so. So this is the year to do that. This is also going to be a big year because we're going to do a cross-country move in the summer. So, you know, time moves quickly, right? The years fly by when you really think about it and you break it down. It's like, hmm, I really have to do this in order to... You know, take that time to work through any resistance. Money mindset comes up major, right? Because I have to work with my money mindset and the fears I have of, oh, you know, what if I don't work as much? Will will we be okay? But also knowing if another year goes by and you don't work on those things that you said you are dying to do and you've committed to do, how will that feel? And I realize this comes from a place of privilege because I do have the freedom of choice here as an entrepreneur to choose my schedule and to choose to work more or less. And I realize that comes with privilege and I'm very grateful for it. So that's where my mind is, you know, and that's me really and truly embracing cyclical living. That's where I'm at in January. I'm feeling this shift, like I said, for my 44th year on like, it's time to get real with yourself. And I did mention this in one of the past episodes, recent episodes, the one that's called what to leave behind in 2023. As you move into 2024, I'll link it in the show notes if you missed it. Um, I talked about how spirit was giving me a feeling that some of us were going to be really facing our shit this year, right? We're going to, some of us are going to feel some unease this year as we're sitting with our resistance to being still and our resistance to just being and present. That's a major piece. And I do feel parts of my year, certainly, and truly based on this card pull are going to be about that. So those moments, the pockets of time when I embrace the fact that I'm not feeling super productive or I need that time to go in, I need that time to process and to rest, et cetera, you know, that's when I'm going to be in that, that probably facing that resistance of, oh shit, you know, like, oh shit, like when it gets still and it gets quiet, what am I going to face? What am I going to learn about myself? What's going to be revealed? right? That can be scary. That's why a lot of us, that's why a lot of people are like, I want to do the work, but I don't really want to do the work. Cause then once it's there, there's no turning back. Once you've got that awareness, it's like, you've got to move forward. You know, life is not the same anymore with this newfound awareness. So it's, it's a responsibility, right? And I feel like part of my life, part of my year is going to be that. I think part of my life, you know, I'm the left angle cross of cycles. My, that's my incarnation cross in human design. My life is about cyclical living, <laughs> right? No wonder, no wonder I talk about it all the time. And uh, the other half 
of people I felt were going to be more fueled by their fire and lit up and like it's go time it's time to make shit happen and that's a little bit of my year too based on the cards and what it was basically what the cards were saying my interpretation of them was hey in order to have the level of productivity and motivation needed to accomplish those two big goals of your of yours as well as do a cross-country move you're going to have to take those pockets of time out to focus on those things or, you know, to heal or to, you know, move through whatever you're going through at that moment. And that's a big leap, you know? And so, I mean, this energy came in for us a month ago. We knew it was coming and now here we are. Speaking of the energy of the year, does anybody have a word of the year? I started doing this. I've never been a resolution gal. I used to do that in my teens, my early 20s, you know, um, but now then I kind of went completely against it. I was like, no, resolutions, icky, you know, and then the last couple of years, this is the third year that I have created a um, or tapped into intuitively a word of intention for the year for myself. And so back in the end of 2021, right before 2022, I intuitively heard, you know, the energy of this year is, uh, is perseverance. So this is a year when you persevere through any setbacks, any perceived failures, when you take a chance, you know, take life by the horns and go. And I certainly felt that energy come through in 2022. And then last year in 2023, the word that came forward for me was enthusiasm. So I wanted to find joy uh, more often. I wanted to just embrace all of life's upside down, upside downs ups and downs. <laughs> Maybe it feels upside down sometimes. I wanted to embrace that with more enthusiasm. I wanted to run towards enthusiasm and really, you know, be enthusiastic about what I'm doing and bring that energy to my work and to the people that I serve, that I'm enthusiastic about it, right? Um, I was moving out of the shadow of like, I want to be an expert. Certainly that's nice. Yeah, I want to be an expert. But like, when do you become the expert? right? If you know that the lesson, the journey just continues forever, when do you ever become an expert? Like another person could perceive you as an expert, but when do you personally ever feel like an expert? That was a contemplation I was having this time last year. And I realized, you know what? I feel like it's a better goal to want to be an like someone who is enthusiastic about their craft because you feel the energy. If there's like a so-called expert sitting in front of you talking about their field of study or expertise and they're like, their soul is on fire and they are excited about what they're doing, you're going to feel that. And you're going to be like, I want some of that. And so I wanted some of that last year. I just got goosebumps. I wanted some of that last year. So embraced enthusiasm. This year, the word came to me intuitively. Once again, I was actually in the bathtub this is not surprising. I am a bath kind of girl, um, especially in the colder weather. And uh, I often say, if I need to shift energy, if I need to, um, you know, have some sort of clarity come in, if I'm feeling confused about something not clear, if I have a bath, usually something drops in, right? That that channel of water really, really, really works for me. And so I was in the tub and, and what I heard in my awareness, what dropped in was learn to just be, 
Learn to just be and be present. And I thought, yep, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I need to do. So this year's word is presence. Presence, which I absolutely love. So yesterday, I think I brought up Karen a minute ago, shout out to Karen, that um, she was talking about Gene Keys. And so that kind of got my mind going around the changes that I'd like to make, which I just spoke about, um, dealing with my money mindset. And then because of that conversation, I dug out one of my books, my Gene Key books. This one's called The 64 Ways. It is some people call it the white book if you're a Gene Keys fan. It's books are huge, right? There's a big blue one, there's a big white one, and the big white one is contemplations, um, like trans transcriptions of Richard Rudd's contemplations on each of the Gene Keys. And I like it because it's just one more um way to absorb and understand the energy, the energy and what each gene key really means. And I'm someone that works a lot with words and language and spirit will often communicate by way of symbols and metaphors um, and things like that. And that's the way that he speaks. So, you know, he brings two things together in a way that helps me understand. So if you're studying the gene keys and you want one extra kind of layer of understanding, I definitely would recommend the 64 ways, which is called personal contemplations on the gene keys. So Karen and I were talking, we were sharing each other's profiles. We were comparing, you know, we were looking into which of the gene keys we shared and there was three or four that we had the same. And one of the ones, so her life's work is gene key 33 which is an amazing life's work. And I have Gene Key 33 twice in my profile. So it's the only one that shows up twice in my, you know, main profile. Gene Key 33 is called the way of mindfulness. And it's my vocation, which is where I need to take initiative and how to do my life's work. It's also my attraction sphere, which is what I tend to attract to me or, you know, what's magnetized to me. So Gene Key 33 is a big deal for both myself and Karen. So we're talking about this. And I, I, I read this before bed last night. Okay, I was reading all about Gene Key 33. And it blew my mind because of this one part. Okay, so let me find the part that I really want to read to you. This is essentially about creating time, right? It's about, um, where's this? heart about the tea. I want to read that to you. In Chinese culture, there's a wonderful term called, please forgive me if I got this wrong, hu gan, so H-U-I-G-A-N, which means to reflect sweetly on a past event. Time is given over to this custom and it's part of the teaching of ancient tea drinking tradition. So it's about being in the moment, but it's also about reflecting back on something in the past, something that brought you joy, something that brought you excitement, just a good memory from the past. When we think about those things intentionally and actively, and we bring that into the moment, it's like we're experiencing it all over again. And certainly at like a cellular level and an energetic level, we are right. So I thought that was really, really beautiful. Um, and one of the other things I highlighted here is if we don't let our awareness come to a rest, how will one see what's going on, really going on in their life? How will we learn what's being offered to you? How will you know 
if you don't ever take the time. That's really resonant um, to the guidance that came through in that episode I spoke about that I recorded uh, back in December. I'll link it in the show notes. So the Gene Key 33 is about paying attention, right? Um, let's listen to this and I'll, I'll leave it here. The 30, okay, so the 33 Gene the 33rd gene key is like coming to a clearing, having wandered for months in a dense forest. It's like coming up for air. In the clearing, there are always clues hidden in certain places about how to find our journey out of the forest. Okay, now I'm going to bring your attention to something that I wrote, a personal um for lack of better words, I'll say blog that I wrote. I wrote this on March 4th, 2019. Some of you may know that March 4th, 2019 was the day that I launched my business. It's my business birthday, March 4th. So I wrote this on that day. Get a load of this, okay? It's called A Clearing in the Forest. Imagine you're walking in a deep, dense forest, even the same language, dense. The snow is heavy and your legs are tired from trudging through. You feel like time has slowed down to a sluggish pace since you've left the comfort of your usual familiar surroundings. I don't know why, but this is bringing up emotion for me. You don't know how exactly you got on this jagged path into the dense woods, but here you are and there's something pushing you to keep walking. You're being pulled by some invisible thread further and further. You stop a few times to look around. Where am I going? Where are you leading me? I hope I don't get lost. You start to doubt whether you took the right path. Should I have taken a left back there, you wonder? But you keep going. Something in you tells you that you cannot stop until you get to where you are supposed to go. Finally, you reach it. A clearing. It's beautiful. It's springtime now, and the snow has melted. And everything is lush and green. The air smells of new growth, soil, and sunshine. There are fields of sunflowers to your left and a rolling river to your right. This place feels like magic. This place feels alive. I'm going to cry. <laughs> you thank your lucky stars that all that of that work, trudging along through the heavy snow, led you here. You've arrived. Then underneath I wrote, hey, Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Well, not exactly new, as I've been trudging along the forest for over a decade to get here. This public acknowledgement of it is new for me. I hope you enjoy being here with me. I don't know where we're going. Wow. But wherever it is, we are on the right path. Amy Brooks, March 4th, 2019. My mind was blown as I read about the 33 third gene key my vocation which is where i initiate how i do my life's work and also what's attracted to me like the energy of that and i was just like wow the language the same words the same concept the same idea gene keys were not on my radar whatsoever until 2021 so it was just like what a beautiful validation of following my soul's call. And I just wanted to share that with you because I was just like, holy crap. Wow. That's the gift of mindfulness. That's the paying attention. 
the doing the work, the art of noticing. Speaking of money mindset, I was looking up an article. This is on cbc.ca, so it's like literally um, the Canadian news. CBC is Canadian Broadcasting Company. (coughs) And I was just Googling and I came across this. I don't usually put too much stock into personal horoscopes, especially in the newspaper, but um, I found some of these things interesting. So this is about the, the new age of Aquarius, right? And so it starts off by saying the most significant transit in the year kicks off on January 20th when transform made a transformative rather <laughs> Pluto enters forward thinking Aquarius. Pluto is a generational planet, meaning its movements are slow and its impact are often powerful. Um, so use this transit to experiment with a new, more humanitarian way of living Uh, So the planet of rebirth will dip back into Capricorn where it's been since 2018 on September 1st. So from January 20th to the 1st of September, it stays in Aquarius. Then it dips back into Capricorn where it's been for a long time. Um, And this is when we really uh, will help us wrap up lessons that relate to our worldly resources. So I definitely feel like some big shifts are happening uh, in the world, especially when it comes to matters of power. And those who are in power in our world, I think we'll see a lot happening um, post-September 1st. You heard it here. Um, And then Pluto will re-enter Aquarius on November 19th and will stay there until 2044. Okay, so it's going to be there for a long time, 20 years. It's going to stay in Aquarius. Um, So we've all heard about the age of Aquarius, right? This is when um, things like... You know, I once heard a, an astrologer. What's her name? Uh, her name is eluding me in this moment. Deborah Silverman. So if you haven't heard of Deborah Silverman before and you're interested in astrology, you might want to check her out. I heard her on a podcast once talking about the age of Aquarius and what that means from an ast- astrological interpretation. And, you know, Pluto in Aquarius... Pluto is a transformational kind of energy, right? It has a lot of power. It likes to shake things up, right? It's not afraid to dismantle. It's not afraid to break shit. It's like, this is not working. Um, So when Pluto moves into Aquarius for a good 20 years later on this year, you know, this is when we are truly dismantling things that keep us small and feeling disempowered and powerless. And Aquarius is 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 very focused on the collective. It's focused on humanitarian efforts, equality. Um, it doesn't give a crap about status or labels. You know, um, Deborah Silverman on this podcast I was listening to was talking about how it makes perfect sense in the lead up to this that things like gender are uh, much more fluid, being experimented with much more fluidly, where people are like, you know, I'm, I, I, I just am, I am, don't want to be labeled by my gender. I just, I just am. And having more of a choice about that and taking a stance, you wouldn't probably have seen that happening 20, 30 years ago, right? This is the age of Aquarius. So things 
that we think matter now that are keeping us small are probably going to be leaving us over the next 20 years. And this is the great shift that all the great mystics talk about the shift. It's like, it's, it's, it's the biggest shift ever. If you think about it, the biggest shift ever. Um, and it might be scary as everything around you might feel like it's, you know, changing shape, chasing, chasing form or just going away, but it's leading us to a more humanitarian place, a more safe place to be. Um, all that to say, I will include this link in the show notes. I got to make a note or I'll forget to do that. Um, when I was scrolling down here, I took a little gander and I looked at the Capricorn prediction for 2024 and a couple things stood out to me because I was like, huh, interesting. So it says, you're known as one of the Zodiac's most ambitious players, Capricorn, and starting on January 20th, you may feel the urge to direct some of your tenacity towards creating a more secure financial foundation for yourself long-term, which we just talked about, with transformational Pluto entering your second house of value and security. By the way, my Pluto is in my second house. So that's its natural habitat anyways. Okay. Beliefs that you once held about money, just talked about money mindset shifting, could also start to shift during this period, forcing you to shake up your strategies for growing your income. What did we just talk about? Use this moment to consider how you optimize your wealth without sacrificing your comfort. It's a trust fall, baby. I got that song in pink, from Pink in my head. Numbers, one, two, three, four. Love that one. Then when Jupiter, which governs your spirituality, conjuncts Uranus, your money ruler, in your fifth house of creativity and pleasure on April 20th, you could feel inspired to seek out new ways of engaging in your community and supporting causes that are close to your heart. Um, fundraising, volunteering, and sharing your talents can make a real difference, so don't underestimate your influence. We'll see what day of the week uh, April 20th falls on because that could be a nod to a good time to launch something. Just saying. Uh, so that kind of blew my mind because I'm like, whoa, money mindset. Pluto is moving back into my second house, the house of value and security. Hmm. No wonder I'm thinking about changing things up when it comes to the ways I make money uh, or planning to make money in the future, right? No wonder thought that was so, so cool. One last thing before I leave you, because this is a longer episode than I had planned, is I want to look up the energetics or the numerology of 44, because I did talk about feeling a major shift. Um, if you forget, I, I just turned 44 uh, two days ago, and I was feeling and have been feeling for months that 44 was going to be very, very significant for me. And then on my birthday, I had three or four different people message me and say, welcome to Club 44. By the way, hold on because 44 is powerful and it's it's going to knock your socks off. And I was like, oh, you know, you're validating the energy of definitely how I already feel about 44. So let's see what 44 says. This is the first. I want to find a good. Uh, angel number 44. Okay, let's go in here. It's a blog. It's called A Little Spark of Joy is the blog. So I'll give that person credit. 44 is about, no, this is absolutely not the right. 
Oh, hey, here it is. 44 symbolizes spiritual and material balance, abundance, resilience, and hope for the future. Uh, 44 recognizes hard work, signals financial stability, and urges balance between work and personal life. Did we just talk about that balance? Going back and forth with my schedule. Embracing the cycles. Numerology interprets 44 as an amplified power of prosperity and completion because it's double fours and materialistic gains. Yes, please. I'll have more of that. So yeah, the energy is supporting it. The energy is supporting it. I want to look at one more. Reflections on turning 44. Let's check out this website because I don't know. It fits. MyMetaReport.com says, transforming double death into blessing. So she says, this was written back in 2019. Today is my 44th birthday. Uh, Numbers have different symbolism in different cultures. 44 double death. The Chinese consider the number four unlucky because the word four is nearly is she uses a word I can't pronounce to the word for death for death 44 double death my immediate reaction was I don't even want to think about that but my mentor offered maybe you can view it as a necessary death to whatever needs to die as part of your rebirth of course that would be what it is um so she's talking about constant cycle whoa and themes destroy to create death to rebirth the the clearing for what is to emerge you can't make this stuff up no wonder (laughs) no wonder i picked this um this article the clearing entering the clearing what needs to go what are you dragging through the woods with you that needs to go so you can find the clearing I'm going to leave you with one more thing. I did talk about it in my stories recently. Uh, something that's been coming up in my own awareness, but also in quite a few of my clients' 2024 energetic reports and their guidance for the year, their yearly readings, has been a term that I never use, but it's one that I've heard so often from Spirit in the last week that it's giving me pause for thought and I'm thinking about it. And I'm going to leave you with it. And that is cutting the fat, okay? Where can you cut the fat in your life? What is excess? What is not necessary? What does not align? What is causing stress, um, illness, disease, dis-ease in your life? Where can you cut the fat? And I'm going to leave you with that contemplation for this week. Where can you cut the fat for the rest of the year? What can you take out of your backpack that you've been carrying that's not necessary for the rest of the journey? It was helpful before, right? We have to have gratitude for the past and we also have to have forgiveness for the past. So we can't beat ourselves up for coping mechanisms and habits that we had in the past. Maybe they kept us safe or we needed them back then but what is dragging us down what is weighing us down that we don't need to take to us as we find our clearing okay have a great week it's been lovely and uh i loved this episode i hope you enjoy it and i will see you again next time 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider hopping on over to wherever you listen to your podcast and giving it a five-star review. Thank you so much in advance. If you'd like to keep in touch, please head over to my website, theintuitiverising.com to keep up with all the things that I have been doing. I also have a private Facebook community for people just like you. It's called the Intuitive Rising Community. All you got to do is request to join and I will let you in. Keep rising.